I'm John Wyman, a mission pastor, and along with Pastor Derek and Pastor Michael, I get the privilege today of spending a little time just talking about some insights and some inspirations in our 3G growth campaign. About, I don't know, the last couple of years, my wife and I realized it, that there were some foods that were kind of bothering us, I mean, just, just giving us trouble. So last winter, we started what's called a 30-day food challenge. Now, if you're not familiar with this kind of self-inflicted pain, Basically, what you do is you take every food that's really awesome and every food you really like, and you don't get to eat it anymore. Now, it's not quite that bad, but man, it's close. So we went through it. Now, the truth is we, uh, we started to see some good results. We started feeling better. We started having some more energy. Started losing a little weight. Uh, we made two mistakes, I think, though, when we did it the first time. First of all, was we kind of we looked at it as this, this event to kind of endure, you know, just trying to get through this thing. I mean, we kind of slogged our way through it. The second mistake we made was we, we hadn't been on vacation in years, so we had planned a, a vacation. And unfortunately, like, we ended the challenge, and then, like, a couple of days later, we went on vacation. And so we took up a new challenge, which was to try and eat every bit of food that we could find while we were on vacation, and basically undid all the good work uh, that we had done uh, on the challenge. So, all right, we're going to regroup. We're going to try this again. When we did it the second time, we really approached it a different way. As opposed to going about it as, as just something to endure, and something to just kind of work our way through. The way we approached it the second time was we said, this is an opportunity for us, an opportunity for some positive change that we get to go through, you know, a transformation that we get to go through. And, and, and it's been great. Like I said, we, we've got more energy, we feel better. And even though the challenge is over, the changes in us are continuing. I mean, we're still continuing to feel those. And, and, and I think when we look at the 3G campaign in that way, I, I think that's a helpful way for us to, to kind of look at it. That even though it's a three-year campaign and it will end, it'll end in the summer of 2020, you know, we don't want our growth to end then. You know, what we really, really want is for the 3G campaign to kind of be a, be a launching pad, to kind of launch us into a lifetime of, of growth and change and transformation, both at an individual level and as a body of believers. You, you'll notice we're, we're very careful about some of the terms and the way we've, we've set up the campaign. You'll never hear us use terms like a capital campaign or a building campaign. Now, that's not to say we're not really excited with what's happening to the south side of the building. That is an awesome blessing that's going to allow us to minister and, and, and to reach more people. But it's not about the building. It's never, we've been very careful not to focus on the building. What we focus on is glorifying God by building his kingdom inside that building by filling it with people from outside the building. That's what gets us excited. That's what really gets our, our blood flowing. And so what we're going to do when we, when we design this, it was, it was a three-part um, campaign where we're going to go more, we're going to grow more, and we're going to give more. And this morning, each one of the pastors, we're going to take a portion of it. I'm going to start out with, with going more. And you'll notice in your bull, uh, bulletin today, in addition to the note-taking outline you have, you also have a copy of the 3G commitment card. And I just ask you to take that out and just kind of follow along as we talk today. And you'll see at the top there, the first thing we're going to talk about is going more. And you'll see there's two commitment opportunities there. The first one is to participate in community groups where I get encouragement and quarterly training and sharing my faith. And the second commitment opportunity is to go on a local, regional, or international mission with, trip within the next three years. And those two commitments are based on two foundational truths. And the first one is that going is a biblical command focused on others. 
More specifically, it's focused on others who don't yet have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. See, folks, we don't go to try and find other Christians, you know, and to find people who already have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's not the reason we go. We go to find people who are lost, who don't know Jesus Christ, who don't know the saving power of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the important piece. And we can see that, that command in, in Jesus' own words in Acts 1.8. And in, in this piece of scripture, Jesus is giving some final encouragement and some final instructions to his disciples before he ascends back into heaven. And in there he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, we say it's a biblical command because of the words Jesus uses in there. So he doesn't suggest it, he doesn't recommend it, he doesn't ask us to give it a try, he says, you will be my witnesses. And when we talk about being a witness, what we're really talking about is taking things that are unknown and making them known. In the context of, of, of what Jesus is talking about, in the context of the 3G campaign, we're talking about taking the gospel of Jesus Christ, the saving power of what Jesus Christ accomplished through his death and resurrection and making it known to people who don't understand that, who don't have that saving relationship yet. That's what, that's what we're talking about. And that really leads us into our second point, our second truth. And that second truth is that going increases the number of people, which is all of us, who have opportunity to share a testimony, to share the gospel, and to have spiritual conversations. And we can do these in both community group and on mission. See, our focus in community groups is, is not internal. Our focus on community, in community groups is evangelism. We, we, want, we want our community groups to be a front door to our church. If, you under, if you're familiar with community groups, they're, they're smaller settings. They're about generally eight to 16 folks, uh, mixed genders, couples. They're usually in a home. We very rarely uh, host a community group here at the church. So, so think about this for a second. If you've got a friend or a neighbor, someone that, that you've been trying to invite to church, you know, you're trying to share your testimony, you're trying to introduce them to, to your friends here at church, and for whatever reason, the, the, the size or the building or whatever is a barrier to them, think how much more of an inviting atmosphere saying, hey, I got a bunch of friends from church. We're meeting next Tuesday night, this guy said, so why don't you come on over? Come on over and meet my friends. What a, what a great front door to start to, to get folks involved. And, and, and not only that, but you get the opportunity to have eight to 16 a year friends kind of help you tell their testimony, help share the gospel, help, help talk about how, how God worked in their lives. Now, you might say, well, you know, I, I really don't know a whole lot about, I don't know how to invite, I've never invited anybody, I don't really know how to share, I'm, I'm not confident, I could get it wrong. No, you really can't. You really can't, because here's why. First of all, your testimony it's yours. Nobody knows that story better than you. And the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can't get it wrong. It's perfect. And, and when we talk about the second piece of, of that bullet there about um, participating in community groups where I get encouraged and training, here's an example of just some of the topics that we provided discussion guides to our community group leaders last spring to talk about in community group settings. Each one, of their, each one of those is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about having the opportunity to have a spiritual conversation, the opportunity to share the gospel, the, share, the opportunity to share, share our testimony. Imagine how effective it could be if you brought one of your friends to community group and they, they got to hear everybody talk about that and, 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 and see the truth that's inside of that. You might say, hey, you know, I, the last time I tried an invitation, the last time I shared my testimony, man, it just didn't go well. Well, guess what? You get eight to 16 people around you who, who can explain, give you, you know, hey, that happened to me. 
it's okay. Or, or I tried it once, and here's another technique you might want to approach. Here's another approach I used once that was effective. It, it's a group that's not only encouraging each other, but you're training each other at the same time to share the great news of Jesus Christ. Now, the, the other way that we go is through missions. And our approach here in, in, at FOG in, in missions is that we want to set what we call a diverse set of opportunities. So, so we have several mission partners locally. We have a, a regional mission partner out in Illinois. We have an international mission partner out in the Philippines. And we set, it, we set up those partners so there's a wide range of opportunities for folks to serve in. It's not kind of a one, just one, one, one way that we serve. Now, you might say, well, I really don't know how to go. I don't have time to go. I don't know enough to go. I've got small kids at the house. Well, since, since April of 2017, we've had 29 people go on mission with us as part of the 3G campaign. That's a pretty, pretty inspiring number if you think about it. And what's really exciting about that is if you look at some of those names, we've got families serving together. We've got, we've got kids going with their parents. We went out, I just mentioned our, our regional partner out in Mascouda, Illinois at the Purpose Church. We went out there a couple of weeks ago. We had a six-year-old go with us. He went with his dad. And he served. He started to learn how to serve. And he did a great job. He was awesome. His dad was pretty good too. It was, it was a great time together. We, we've got a 10-year-old who's gone to the Missouri Baptist Children's Home two times with his parents, serving alongside of them. Not just kind of hanging out, but serving alongside of them. So, you know, if you say, hey, you know, I got the kids, I, it's kind of tough, I don't know what to do, uh-uh, let's break down that barrier. If you check that you want to go, let's have that conversation about how we can find a way for you to serve with your children. You say, hey, I got mobility concerns, I got work schedules. Let's, I'm dying to have that conversation with you to figure out how we can get you plugged in and get you on mission. I, I would much rather focus on how we get you out there than on the things that you think are keeping you from going. That's what we want to focus on. So with that understood, it kind of leaves us with two questions. Why do I go? Why do I want to participate? And how do I get more involved? How do I get more committed? Now, to the the first question of why do I go, folks, that's going to be the simplest answer I'm going to give you all day. It's to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who don't know him yet. It's that simple. I got nothing else for you there. That's what it is. It's about reaching out to the lost. Folks, we are not about assembling the saved here. We're about reaching the lost. Look, if you're already saved and you want to come and be part of FOG, awesome. We are really excited to have you here. We want you here. But no offense, you're not our target audience. You're not our target audience. We're not going to actively seek people. We're not going to like looking out at other churches in Walmart and, and, and Hy-Vee, finding, hey, are you, are you saved? Good, come into your church. That's not the intent. Okay, we're looking for people who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our target audience. That's why we participate. Now, to the question of how do I get more involved? How do I get more committed? Well, a moment ago, I kind of mentioned you know, limitations and barriers. Let's break those down. Let's figure out. If you think there's an obstacle in front of you for getting more committed, let's sit down and have that conversation of how we can work our way around that obstacle. Let, let, let's come up ways we can instead of ways we can't. Second thing I tell you is, and this is going to sound like a blinding glimpse of the obvious, but participate. Just, just simply participate. You know, the truth is, your hardest mission is probably going to be the first one you go on. But the scariest invitation to church or community group that you're going to give is probably going to be the first time you do it. Okay? So just like step off. Step off and do it. Talk to somebody who's already involved. I had a slide here with 29 folks who've been on mission. We had 107 folks involved in community groups last spring. 
That's a lot of folks to talk to. Hey, what was it like for you the first time you went? What, what, were the, what were the concerns you had or the things that kept you from going until you did? How did you work around them? Tell me what it's like there. Work through that. Minister to each other. Have, give someone else the blessing of ministering to you so you can get more plugged in and more involved. Just take a step. Take that next step. And, and I think that's really the other, the other way we get involved is just ask yourself the question, what is my next step? Maybe it's getting involved in a community group. Maybe you're in a community group now, but it's time for you to host one, open your home. Maybe it's time for you to invite someone to be part of the community group, whether they're sitting next to you in here or they're sitting next to you at work. Maybe it's time for you to leave one. The same thing with, with missions. Maybe you've been on a mission before. Maybe it's time now to encourage someone sitting behind you to go as well. Maybe you're ready to lead a mission. Th- those are the next steps we want to take, take when, we, when we talk about going more. Because the truth is, folks, we know how to go. The, the question is now, we just got to kind of keep on going. We just got to, you know, we talked about that, that, that launch of a, of, a, of a lifelong change. That's what we're talking about when we talk about growing. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to invite Pastor Derek to come up and uh, talk about our next component, which is to grow more. Thank you, Pastor John. We're going to start it off well. And so we're going to shift from this idea of going to growing. They're still very much related. You'll see a lot of overlap between these three uh, topics today. But I want to talk about this idea of growing within the context of the 3G campaign. And what do we really mean by, by a growth campaign? What, what is this idea? Uh, well, it may be obvious, but primarily we mean growing in the context of, of being a disciple of Jesus. During these three years, we're putting some, some extra focus, energy, arranging some of our ministries to reflect this, this new focus or this kind of um, focus that we always have, but just a, just a lot of energy into what it means to grow as a disciple of Christ. And, and I don't know how many of you um, plant gardens or, or maybe have green thumbs, but my wife and I, have we moved into a house a couple years ago and had a nice raised garden bed in the back, and we just had really high hopes and dreams for, for what it could become. And so the first summer, last summer, we decided to plant some uh, different vegetables and things, and we're thinking maybe we never have to step foot in a grocery store again, we're going to be living off the land, save so much money, and it's just, just going to be so good. And, and by the end of the summer came, and we had no, none of our food grew. We, I think we had one slightly green, like, you know, tiny little tomato that made it, but we couldn't eat it. And it, it was just a failure. It was just a failure. So this summer, we're like, okay, forget the, uh, obviously the food stuff isn't going to work out for us. So maybe we can just make it look pretty, put some wildflowers and get all sorts of flowers stuff going on. So this spring, you know, probably late, later than we should have planted it, now looking back. And so we put some seeds down, and, and then, of course, the drought happened too, so that didn't help, and, and turned it another failure. We, a few, I think a few zinnias maybe, like, grew faster than the weeds, and so it, it, it you know, that, that's about all the success we had. But um, what we found in this process, as many of you know, and, and we kind of already knew, but just were able to live it out, is that gardening takes a lot of work. It doesn't happen by accident. And in that way, it's a lot like our spiritual lives. We, we don't accidentally grow to become more like Christ. Uh, we don't drift towards becoming more like Jesus. Uh, it, it takes work. It takes uh, purpose. And, and this matches with what we see in the New Testament. There, there are several different uh, verses and, and a lot of emphasis that Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, who writes the majority of the New Testament, and, and as he writes to churches, he, he's telling them to, to strain towards uh, what lies ahead, to, to train themselves in godliness, to press forward uh, to the goal. 
And we see this language that really, really does kind of imply that, that it does take some work to grow. We also see in the Bible that, that we as human beings are created for community. And specifically as Christians, when you become a Christian and, and give your life to Christ, we're, we're kind of grafted into the church and we become part of the body of Christ. So, so neither one of us individually, we're, I'm not the body of Christ, you're not the body of Christ individually, but together we are the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. First Corinthians talks about how we are individually members of the body of Christ. So God is not only saving individuals, but, but he's forming this community. And if we combine these two truths of, of growing in Christ takes work and we're, we're designed and, and kind of made for this community called the church, we, we get this. We, we see the first point that I'm going to talk about and related to, to growing. Growing as a disciple of Christ is a lifelong, intentional process that we cannot do alone. That we cannot do alone. This is why being involved in a church and being involved in a, a local church is so important to our spiritual lives. Now, I want to spend just a moment defining what a disciple is. For those of you who have been through the Fog Connect class recently, you've probably heard this. This will be a reminder for you. But how we define a disciple at Fellowship of Grace, and there's a lot of good ways to define it, so this isn't the only right way, but we put focus in this way. A, dis- a disciple is a self-initiating, reproducing, fully devoted follower of Jesus. So let's take just a moment and unpack this. Self-initiating, someone who's self-initiating. This is somebody who takes responsibility for their own spiritual growth. Um, Someone that is proactive and doesn't have to be asked to do everything. And someone who sees a need need and takes action to to meet that need. Um, As you think about yourself in in light of this, in in kind of assessing yourself, um, are you a disciple of Jesus, a growing disciple of Jesus, um, are you growing in this area? Maybe, maybe ask yourself, what am I doing myself, personally, to grow spiritually? Or is there anything, or are you just coming to church, kind of being fed, and, but not really initiating anything on your own? When was the last time that, that I served someone else without having to be asked? It's a good question that we can all ask ourselves to think back. Um, you know, it, sometimes it's easy for us when somebody asks us to do something, we'll do it. But when have, when have we kind of initiated that process? The second characteristic we see in this definition is the reproducing. This is someone, a disciple of Jesus, who is investing in others. Someone who's serving with this outward and upward focus and, and really understands that inherent in the definition of a disciple, a disciple is someone who makes disciples, who makes disciples, kind of that reproducing effect. So you can ask yourself, am I, who, who am I praying for, spending time with, investing with in, on a spiritual level? Is there anybody? Hopefully, hopefully for those of us who are parents, um, our kids, uh, we're, we're trying to uh, invest in them and disciple them. Is anyone following me as I follow Christ? Think about, about the, the, your spheres of influence. Maybe at work, maybe, maybe the, the friends you have here at church, your, your neighbors. Is anyone following me as I follow Christ? Those are good things to ask to see if we're growing in this specific area as a disciple. And then lastly, fully devoted what does this mean? Somebody who's fully devoted understands that every area of their life 
is, is, is to be surrendered to Christ. They, they don't have their separate areas of life where they've got, okay, here's my, my work and career part of my life, and here's, here's my family life and my home life, and then I've got church over here, and then here's my hobbies and recreation, but they kind of keep them all separate. Um, we, we, they see everything through the lens of their relationship with Christ, and, and that affects everything they do. They live consistently with that. So some questions you could ask yourself what, what parts of my life have I not fully surrendered to Christ? I'm sure we all have, have those areas of our lives. And, and do we live with that consistency that I talked about between, between the different areas? Do we really see our lives as a, as a fully devoted, fully committed disciple of Christ in every area? So as we think about kind of the individual aspect of being a disciple, I think it's helpful to, to kind of take that in the next step, and it's important for us to think about the collective result as a church. We see that in point four here. By growing as a disciple, we are obedient to Christ and position ourselves to fulfill our mission as a church. And we've talked a lot about mission over the last few weeks, if you've been here, um, and hopefully you remember that. Anybody remember how it starts? Love somebody? Love God, love, and... Make disciples. Okay, you guys did better in the first service, so uh, that, that's good. So love God, love others, make disciples. And, and if you think about it, if each one of us is growing as a disciple, if we're really being self-initiating, reproducing, fully devoted, and growing in those areas, we're, we're going to fulfill our mission as a church. Imagine what it would look like for us to be doing that and how God could use us to, to affect change, affect transformation uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit in, in our world. You know, and I think it's important as we talk about growing to, to remember really where the growth comes from because we, this could turn into kind of this self-help thing or we're just, we, I just got to change myself and do all these things. And, and we, we want to kind of, while there is some work and effort involved on our parts, um, we, we do need to remember that God is ultimately responsible for our growth. It is only through his power and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us that we grow and become more like Jesus. So I, I want to read these verses to kind of help explain this 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 concept. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we see the Apostle Paul talking to this church, writing this letter to the church of Philippi. And, and he says, kind of in this last part you see here on the screen, um, these two things. He says, Work out your own salvation, for it is God who works in you. So it's kind of like, okay, so who, we kind of get the picture of this partnership that, that we have with God. Our growth and transformation is really this picture of a human-divine partnership um, that, that maybe we, we can't fully understand, but I think a good analogy is, is water skiing. If you've ever been water skiing, which I've tried before and failed, so I don't really know much about it or have much experience with it, um, but, but I know that I can't, if I'm behind the boat and I've got the skis and holding onto the rope, I can't pull myself out of the water by myself. Uh, I'm pretty much stuck there, and I can't pull myself across the lake. Um, but even though I don't have any of the power to do that, I do have to put myself in the right position and, and in the right posture to be able to do that. And, and I never could figure that out when water skiing, so um, it, it was very painful, and I probably won't ever try it again. But I think for the sake of this analogy, that, that's kind of how we need to think about it. Like, how, how do we put ourselves in position to grow and let God, in his power, grow us? 
Well, for, for a fellowship of grace, we really believe and have kind of structured things uh, to, to grow as a disciple of Christ. We believe that core groups and kind of the, the principle behind them is, is the posture that we need to put ourselves in to grow. So core groups, and this is kind of the, the part of the 3G commitment, um, core groups are this. They're, they're a group of two to six people, same gender, who meet weekly for the purpose to, to grow as disciples, to grow in these three areas, to, to grow more like Christ. And again, this isn't, isn't another program for you to just involve, be involved with. This is really a, a relationship. They're very um, kind of, they're loosely structured, but, but organized enough to where, where it is a commitment. It is a commitment uh, to, to meet each week, to um, hold each other accountable. And there's a few characteristics I just want to briefly go through that, that core groups have. One is that they're progressive. So when you're in a group with a couple other guys or a couple other ladies, um, the sessions, as you go through them and go through the, some of the material, they, they build on each other. It builds and, and kind of keeps uh, prompting you to take next steps, giving you ideas of not only to, to learn more information, which, which we need, but really to live that out and be transformed and apply it in our lives. Um, it's also disciplined. So in these groups, you're going to be challenged uh, to, to put action to the words that you study and really live out your faith. Um, they're relational. You know, in, in a group of three to four, it's really hard to, to kind of hide and, and um, just blend into the background. You're going to be, be known by others, and, and hopefully they will, um, you will get to know them as well. There's going to be this mutual accountability and encouragement. They're replicable. The very accessible format allows you to, to be able to, to, once you go through a group, and maybe you're not the one facilitating it and initiating it, but after you, after you finish through the process, you can take somebody else through that or another group of people. And so they're, they're designed that way. And so that's what, what we're really, in this um, kind of three years, we're, we're asking you to make a couple of commitments to, to grow, to kind of put yourself in that posture uh, for, for God to, to really grow in you and through you. Um, participate, and then once you participate, to lead. Um, either one of these commitments we would love to see everybody make. And, and I think it's a good time just for us to kind of evaluate where you are. Are we, are we taking next steps in our spiritual life? Are we really growing? Um, I want to leave you with this, and it's kind of a challenge that I've uh, given to myself lately, and I heard this um, a couple months, a few weeks ago. Um, but one of the biggest challenges with something like core groups and committing to this is you know, is time. I know we're all busy. We have a lot of things going on. And so we hear a lot, well, I, man, I, I, I get how it's important, but I, I just don't have time. Like I, I've got this, this, and this going on. And, and so I want to challenge us, all of us, to really think through how we answer this question and this kind of perceived challenge of time. So whenever somebody asks you about something, to do something, instead of saying, I don't have time, I want you to say, it's not a priority, and then see how that makes you feel. Okay, does that make sense? So, so if well, I'm with some friends, I'm like, oh, you, you, have you seen this new show on Netflix? It's awesome. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't have time for that. No, okay, so don't, it's not a priority. And see how that makes me feel. Okay, it makes me feel fine. that I, It's not a priority to watch every funny show on Netflix. Okay, that sits okay with me. But if somebody comes to me and says, you know, have you had time to invite your neighbors over for, I know you've been praying for and stuff, you built any more relationship with them, invited them over for dinner? And I'm like, no, nah, I just haven't had time yet. And then I think, no, no, it's not been a priority for me. How, how does that make me feel, right? And that that's not, doesn't sit as well with me. And it sits as well with me. So I want you to think through it as we make all these different commitments you know, not that you can never say no to anything, because you, but, but to really think through what 
is really a priority in your life. And I think as we, as we commit together to putting ourselves in that posture of growth, um, I, I think God can do great things um, through this church, and we look forward to it. So Pastor Michael, come up and finish us out this morning talking about the give. Well, it's a, always a big risk to follow two pastors talking, uh, but i got a little bit of time left. Uh, Pastor John, you've really inspired me. I've decided after hearing that twice this morning, I've decided that I eat uh, too much pizza, too many tacos, and too many burgers. I was in San Diego two days this week and ate two uh, In-N-Out burgers, which were awesome. Uh, but I've decided to go on an M&M cleanse. And I'm, so I'm going to eat 50 M&Ms before every meal and see if I eat less burgers, pizza, and tacos. We'll see how that works. Well, listen, I, uh, I know that uh, sometimes people are not opposed to talking about going, sometimes they're not opposed to talking about growing, but sometimes they get a little bit uh, nervous when we talk about giving. But folks, we've got to talk about it because, uh, and it all depends, it comes out a little different if you, if you measure every verse that Jesus talked about giving or hell, uh, or every passage, or every uh, time he brought them up, it, it comes out a little bit different. But the two topics that he talked about more than anything else are hell and giving, the two things that most churches and pastors want to avoid. Uh, but we don't want to avoid those. Jesus talked about them. We can't avoid them. We don't want to avoid them because they're important. That's why he talked about them. So let me share with you just some uh, brief biblical principles uh, that we uh, teach around here um, and that uh, we see God's word teaching and then how that kind of works out for us in the 3G campaign. The first one is this. God gave us his first and best to us. Wow. God gave his first and his best to us. Look at John 3, 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The reality is, God looked down and saw us in our sinful state, and he gave us his first, his only Son, and he gave us his best. What a shame. What a shame if we return the favor by giving him our last and our worst. Now listen, it's very common for people when they uh, first commit to Christ or they first become Christians or people who aren't yet Christians to think in terms of, hey, I, I, uh, here's how I do my giving. I get my paycheck and I pay my, my bills and then I pay for the stuff that I want to do and then I come to church and whatever I have left in my pockets, I'll throw that change in the plate and that's how I'll give. But that's really giving God our last and our worst what God wants us to do is say, here I get my paycheck. I'm going to commit to him first to give him this, my best and my first, and I'm going to figure out how to live on the rest. That's how God wants us to give. And so we want to, uh, that can be a whole sermon in and of itself. Uh, in fact, it is. Uh, and <laughs> but I don't have time for that today. But folks, we want to give God our first and our best back. He doesn't ask us to give everything back to him. He knows we have expenses and we have to live and, and all those kinds of things. But he does ask us to remember where we got what we have and to respond back with our first and our best. The second biblical principle I want you to see is that our money and our heart are spiritually linked together. There's no denying this. There's no getting around this. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, I don't have time to go very, very deep into this, but this is a very interesting passage, folks. It's about directing your heart. 
See, people think sometimes where my, where my heart is, there my treasure will be. In other words, what I really love, that's what I'll give my money to. But it's really the opposite. The Bible says where your treasure is, where you put your treasure, that's where your heart will go. In other words, if, if, I, wanna, if I wanna love the Chiefs more, I'm gonna buy season tickets. I can force myself to love the Chiefs more. Now, the Royals might be another story, but, but I, can, I can force myself to love the Chiefs more because if I, if I just decide I'm gonna buy season tickets, I'm gonna buy memorabilia, I'm gonna wear Chiefs clothing all the time, guess what? If I invest a lot of stuff into that, my heart's really gonna be into it. It just gets connected. We have the ability to direct our heart. And folks, with our money, God says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. You have the ability to direct your heart toward him and his work by giving your treasure to him and his work. And so our money and our hearts are spiritually linked together. The last thing I want you to see is that God loves a cheerful giver. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, the Bible says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Boy, there's a lot of really good meat in this verse here. But see, God wants, to be, God wants us to be cheerful givers. I, I don't want you to ever feel like you're getting beat up here to give more money. Uh, that's just not, that's not right. We don't think it's right. We don't intend to do that. We don't want to do that. But we do want to be the place where we say, listen, if you love God, you appreciate what he's done in your life, and you want to give to him so that other people can know the same joy you do, come here. Be happy. You know, we, we sponsor, uh, through the cooperative program, we sponsor over 5,000 missionaries all over the world. When you give here, folks, yeah, some of it goes to turn the lights on, some of it goes to build a building, all these kind of things, but a lot of it goes to a lot of different places, and so you have the opportunity to come here. Listen, I am happy when I give here. When we write out the check, because uh, we're kind of old school people still, you know, when we write out the check, I, I'm like, how can we do more? How can we, how can we do this better? Man, I'd love doing this. How do we do it better? And so we want to grow uh, by going and by growing, but also by giving. And we came up with some ways in this campaign to do that. And here they are. First of all, if you're here today and you'd say, listen, I, I, you don't understand, Michael. I, 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 I not only don't barely have enough to get it through the month, I don't have enough to get through the month. I'm losing money every month. We want to help you. We're not here to just go, well, too bad. You should just give anyway. And, you know, I mean, we're not like, we believe by faith that God will make up the difference, but we're not like morons that can't count, okay? I mean, you got to be serious. But we want to help you. Listen, we have Financial Peace University, and we teach that two or three times a year. In fact, we had a booth out at Parkville Days, and over 20 couples expressed interest in coming to our next Financial Peace University group. Wow, what a great ministry to them. But listen, you'll learn in there how to budget your money, you'll learn in there how to control your money, how to put it where you want it to go, and you'll learn in there how to become a generous person. Wow. 
So we're not only saying you need to do this, we're saying we'll be willing and, and, and wonderful and kind enough to teach you how to do it because we know that it will bless you. We also had on the card, as you can see there on your little connection or your card there, we can take my next step in financial generosity by doing one of three things, whatever actually applies to you. Listen, we want everybody to take their next step, whatever their next step is. We know that if you've never given before, uh, you know you probably can't figure out a way by tomorrow to, to tie 10% of your gross income and, and figure all that out, okay? Just take your next step. Just take your next step. So for some who don't give, perhaps now beginning to give uh, to the general budget would be a wonderful thing for you to do. It would be a great step of faith. Uh, Perhaps if you give kind of sporadically or, or disproportionately, what, kind of whatever's left at the end of the month, increase your giving to the general budget by doing it consistently, by doing it uh, based on a percentage of your income and increasing that. Uh, and then adding to my current giving, if you're already like tithing, you're giving substantially, and you're doing it uh, on a consistent basis by supporting the building expansion at blank for blank. So you know, $100 a month or $40 a week or whatever it is. We've given you those opportunities. But listen, folks, everybody needs to take their next step. Everybody needs to take their next step, whatever that is. So why do we do this campaign? Well, it's encouraging everybody to take their next step in whatever it is. We want everybody to go more. Listen, there's nobody in this room, and I look around at the room, and I know a lot of you, and I know that some of you are limited in some ways, there is nobody in this room who can't go on a mission trip in the next two years. We've already had a year gone. But, but everybody, anybody can go to the Missouri Baptist Children's Home and spend the afternoon ministering to some kids whose parents either have died or aren't good enough parents to keep them. And you can just love on them for an afternoon, play games with them, hang out with them. That ministers them in a great way. And there's other things. You know, you can go on an international mission trip to the Philippines and help plant churches and all those kind of things. There's some, a lot of big stuff to do. But everybody can do something. Everybody here can be in a core group. You don't have to be a, a, a Christian. You don't even have to be a Christian for very long or even be a Christian. Maybe you're just here and you're like, I'm really, really curious about this Jesus stuff. I'm going to go and get into a core group and really uh, learn uh, what this is all about. That, that's a great way to do it. And if you uh, don't give, you give at some level or you give already sacrificially or extravagantly, listen, we can all take a step forward. Julie and I give, I think, in a sacrificial way, but we, we need to grow in that. We need to begin to, to grow into an extravagant giver, giving beyond what we're really capable of to see how God can bless us. Now, if you're here as a guest today, <laughs> I want you to know that we don't always talk like this, Okay? But, but this church, for our members, folks, we have to be serious. We have to be serious about pushing the darkness back in this county. Platt County is the most lost county per capita in the entire state of Missouri. Do you know that? Now, what we mean by lost is people who don't know Jesus as their savior. They haven't come to the understanding that they're a sinner. And that the only way to get rid of their sins is to put their faith and trust in Jesus. And we want to help them do that, folks. All of us should be interested in going more, growing more, giving more. If it's going to push the darkness back and increase God's kingdom. And by the way, don't ever get the mistake in your head that we're about growing this kingdom. We're not. We're about growing the kingdom. This morning at 7 o'clock, 
I was at a new church plant that's having their very first service today. Uh, it's over on 169. They're meeting in the Christian school over there. So if you're here as a guest, you think we stink, go to them next week, okay? <laughs> uh, I've been working with the church planter and coaching him a little bit and helping them. But I went there, uh, you know, not to get anything out of it, but to just support them, to, to, to give to them. I remember when this church started 12 years ago, our first service in the uh, uh, Majestic Theater, in the comedy club. And I remember, man, the anticipation and the fear and all of that stuff that was going on in my head. And then as I stood there today with these people, I helped them carry some stuff in, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, we don't have to do this anymore. And I, but I stood there, and as I prayed for them, I began to think of some of the stories of the people I'm looking at. And I began to think about another good Bible-believing, gospel-teaching church in the Northland that can push back the darkness with us. We're not in competition with them. We're on the same team. We're in partnership with them. Folks, we are losing. We are losing the battle here in Platte County. The population is increasing faster than churches are being planted and people are coming to know Jesus as their Savior. That gap is getting wider. And we're already the most lost county in the state. I fear for our future. But you know what's going to push back the darkness? Is if everybody at Fellowship of Grace, who's a member, commits to going more, growing more, and giving more. God can use us in an incredible way to push back the darkness. Let me give you some quick statistics before we go. Back when we started this campaign a year ago, we had 84 giving units. And when we talk about a giving unit... Uh, if a single person is here, they're a giving unit by themselves. If, if you're a couple, and, and Julie and I give as Mr. and Mrs. Michael Porter, uh, that's a giving unit, okay? Uh, we don't separate couples out. So we had 84 giving units. Five committed to begin to give for the first time. Eight committed to increase their giving. And 35 committed to giving something toward the building. Now, those commitments about the building, those have come in... Uh, uh, before summer, they were coming in at about 90% of what had been committed, which was awesome. During the summer, we've kind of gotten behind. And now we're at 78% of what has been committed so far, we have received so far. Listen, if you got behind over the summer because you were on vacation or whatever, get caught up, folks. Get caught up, okay? But here's the deal. Only 48 of 84 made any commitment at all. Only 57% of our committed members who have signed the member covenant said, I will, I will decide to grow in my giving. Now, folks, we need to do better than that. We just need to do better than that, okay? Uh, this campaign is trying to give us some structure for each one of us to just take a next step. I'm not asking you to run to the finish line, but I am asking you to grow, to go, to give, and to take steps in moving forward in those areas. Now, listen, I want everybody to take this card. And if you're a member and you've already committed and you filled this card out a year ago and you are following through on your commitment, good for you, awesome. Thank you for being a partner with us to push the darkness back. If you uh, have been in this campaign for a year and you're like, man, we started giving and we can step it up. I want to I wanna make a new commitment, a bigger commitment. Or maybe you didn't commit to go on a mission trip last time, but God's gotten a hold of your heart and you say, I want to go. If you want to change your commitment, fill this card out. If you're a member and you're you're being faithful to your commitment. You don't need to fill out the card again. 
But for the 43% last time that didn't fill out a card, uh, I want you to fill out the card. Okay, and don't fill it out as a couple because there's some individual commitments. Being in a core group is an individual commitment. Being uh, on a mission trip, that's an individual commitment. But I want you to fill out the card. Listen, if you don't turn in a card, I'm going to assume we lost it. And I'm just going to have to call you and go, hey, I'm sorry, we lost your card. Where's it at? Okay? And again, this is for members. Listen, if, you, if you're here today, though, and you say, you know, Pastor Michael, I'm a member of Fellowship of Grace, and I signed the member covenant, and I said I'm going to be a, I'm, I'm, I decided to plant my flag with you guys and be a part of this church, but I'm not going to go more, I'm not going to grow more, and I'm not going to give more. You fill out your name, your email, and your phone, and you just cross through all three of those like that, okay? And you turn that in, and we'll start praying for you this week. Think about that. Listen, I, I, I know that nobody in here who has been had their sins forgiven by Jesus. Nobody in here is saying, listen, I don't want to go more because I don't care about anybody else. I know you don't think that way. I know you don't think, I don't want to grow more because frankly, I just don't need to be more like Jesus. I'm already there or I don't really want to be. I, I know you don't think that way. I know that nobody thinks here, listen, I'm just going to keep all my stuff for myself because I could care less if my money goes to help anybody else go to, the, you know, go to heaven. I know you don't think that way. So don't act that way. Okay, fill out your card and, and let us know how we can help you to fulfill that commitment. Now you might say, oh, Pastor Michael, that's, that's pretty heavy-handed for you. You don't usually talk this way. I know I don't. I, I, I try really hard to let God and his word and his Holy Spirit convict you. But we're, we're doing this campaign for a purposeful reason, to, to take steps together forward and, and really make an impact in our county. Folks, it's killing me. It's killing me that, that we aren't making progress in our own county uh, with the gospel. We together have to do better. I got to do better, you got to do better, and together we got to do better, okay? Because there's just a lot of people around. And you know what? I'm starting to wonder if we really believe in the other thing Jesus talked about. Because he didn't just talk about money, he talked about hell an awful lot. And I'm starting to wonder if we really believe that, that our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones who have rejected Jesus so far, if we really believe they're going to die and go to hell. Because I think if we really believe that, we'd be way more serious about going more and growing more and giving more. I know that motivates me. Listen, folks, God wants to do a big thing here at Fellowship of Grace. He's not stopping us. Only we will. Let's see if we together can partner and make a big impact on Platte County and not be the most lost. Let's lose the title of most lost county in Missouri. I want to do that. And I want you to come with us and partner with us and be a part of what God's doing here, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the incredible way that you have loved us, for the way that you have saved us. Father, I think about some of the stories already here at Fellowship of Grace, and I see how you've been working. I remember just a few weeks ago when we baptized seven more at the lake. I remember a couple of years ago when we celebrated our 10-year anniversary, and, and, and these wonderful folks gave me that plaque with... Uh, 100, over 100 people's name on it who have been saved and baptized here at Fellowship of Grace in the last 12 years. 
God, we are thankful for the way that you have used us. But God, we know the task is not finished. Help us to really do what we sang about this morning and say, I surrender. I surrender my time, my talent, my treasure. And I am committing today to go more, to growing more, and to giving more because I want to see your kingdom, God, grow in this area. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.